0: On today's brand new Compete Every Day podcast, I'm talking with my man, Brian Covey, about growth mindset, work-life integration, and why competition is so incredibly important in the right mindset. <laughs> Welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Jake Thompson here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and we are kicking off a brand new episode with former Olympic USA soccer player and current VP at Lone Depot, Brian Covey, about how he has just maintained a growth mindset throughout his career. What he does to to really focus on his priorities, which are his family, his fitness, and his business. We've talked in, in before that a lot of people say you have to pick two. You can only pick family and fitness or business. You you can only pick business and fitness, but not family. But Brian talks about how he's able to weave all three of those together. What are the things that he does each and every week to make sure he's playing time for those priorities and how he tries to work them together. So you're going to get a lot out of this conversation that you're going to be able to apply to your busy schedule, your busy life, or As I like to say, it's not busy. Hopefully, it is productive because there is a difference between those two words. Busy carries a heavy negative connotation. It's like you're running in a hamster wheel. You're going, 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 but not really going anywhere. Productive means you're making progress. You're getting the right things done. You're moving the ball down the field. So I hope as you're having a productive week so far, you're able to take some things away from this conversation with Brian. To get in touch with me or the team, just drop us an email to podcast at competeveryday.com. And just know I'm so incredibly grateful that you're tuning in today. Now, let's welcome to the show my man, Brian Covey. All right, Brian, welcome to the podcast today. Man, kicking us off before we get into your background, before we get into anything else, the thing I always hear is that between work, family, or fitness, you have to pick two. You can't have all three. Yet you, my friend, have seemed to master the art of pursuing greatness in all three. And so I want to know the secret to your success. How do you find time to be good, to chase greatness at work, with your family, and in your fitness?
1: Oh, man, I love that. And thanks for having me, Jake. This is cool. I'm glad we're getting a jam today. And I'll share some real life of like what I've been through, because my journey is probably much like a lot of people listening. And yours. And then I've had some periods of success. I've had periods where I fell off things that I had as priorities and didn't work. I remember back to 07, 08, we were having our first two kids, lived in Tampa, and fitness was always a big deal. I played professional soccer. And so it was like, yeah, that was my life. That's like how my, my recreation. And then I gained probably 15, 20 pounds, right? So it was like the sympathy weight, two kids yep. back to back. And, and I kind of lost sight of that. And I realized during that cycle that one, I didn't have energy for work, I didn't have energy for my family. I wasn't showing up my best. And I remember that was a point in my life where I can look back and go, I wasn't my best. And so after that, I just made a conscious decision of, I need time with my family, but to be my best for my family, I've also got to go work out to have the energy and the actual stamina and this, the mindset. And my wife will say this today. "It's like, Brian, you're happier when you go work out, go work out. It's better for all of us. And so I share with everybody, like, you probably have that same story, probably some point in your life, you go, and I wasn't as fit as I wanted to be, didn't feel good, wasn't doing what I knew I needed to do. And I have adopted the term integration. So a lot of people talk about you got to have a balanced life. Well, balance isn't always equal parts. Balance could be, you know what? Today is going to be more about my family. Tomorrow's going to be more about my business. And, and I will balance those in a way that they're not all equal. But I have found in the morning, I like to get a workout in, starts my day right. And then I get a little family time before the kids go to school. And then I'm focusing on the business throughout the day. But guess what? The real world is, you might stop for a minute, go hang out, have a date with your wife. You might have things you need to pick your kids up from school. You might have sports tonight. You can integrate it. Give you one tip I learned recently. Take your kids to soccer practice, for example, like I do. It's at night. What do you do while you're at practice? Are you listening to a podcast? You could walk. You could do push-ups, air squats, sit-ups. People might think you're weird, but guess what? You have time. You just have to create the environment. If those things matter, you'll make time for it.
0: Absolutely, and and honestly, I, I love that comment because the the people that quote might think you're weird don't have to live with the results of the work you do or the work you don't do. Only you Amen. do. So really tightening in that focus. You you teased it up a little bit, and and so I want to dive into some of your backstory because I know man, you were a great soccer player in the day. You've had incredible success in business. I, I follow you on social media. That's how we got to connect it connected originally it was on Insta and, and some of our friends in the real estate space. And so take us back. You were a competitive soccer player growing up. Talk to me about for you, what competition was like or meant growing up.
1: Yeah, I love that question. So it's everything to me, right? And I look at it as it's how I was raised from being, I was the younger brother, five years younger. And so I was always out there. If anybody has older siblings, you know, I showed up at the soccer field because that's what my brother did. If they went and played basketball, they were playing in the street. That's where I went. And so I think I was always trying to compete with older kids. And so that put that fire in there. My dad, my early coaches that I had, um, I was very fortunate. I had Kyle Rote Jr., those that know soccer, played with Pele, one of the great American footballers. He was actually at our church and he taught some of our teams early on. So I had a passion for competing, played basketball, soccer, as you alluded to, took strength finders the other day. You haven't taken that recently. Achiever and competition are in the top five for me. No no surprise, right? But I look at it this way is like competition for me has evolved. And I think some of the base level today, I've rethought this, is the base level is I'm very competitive, but I actually have shifted towards more of, you'll see this in some of my posts and languages. This disrupt and dominate. I actually want to dominate not only what I'm doing in life, but I, but I want to to own that space. Like when people think about what Brian does, they're like, "Oh man, he's not just competitive." No, that guy is like he is out to win. But me winning doesn't mean the people around me have to lose. It means I'm going to play my absolute freaking best, and I'm going to give it everything I have. And I do that whether it's a workout or you know, most people that know me, if you're playing chess, checkers, it doesn't matter. I like to compete. I like to see where I am and that growth of can you get better. And sports taught me a couple of lessons. One, the harder you practice and the more you practice, the better you get, right? If you have great coaches and mentors and you're around other great people, you're around great team members, that environment matters, you will get better. And so I've taken those two into business of what can I be doing all the time to compete and show up and learn? And then secondly, who can I surround myself with? Because it's never about just me. It's like, who are the people around me so we can accomplish something bigger and greater? And I think that's just led over to how we compete. And we're we're trying to dominate our space today in in real estate and mortgage.
0: I love it. I love it. So I'm going to ask a question on that, but I want to comment real quick. You talked about being a younger brother, younger sibling. I read an article recently that talked about in athletes growing up, the younger sibling develops the skills faster than anyone else because they're trying to play keep up with those people four or five years older than that older sibling. And so they become better quicker. And and what I love about that was your second point about great coaches, great teammates. As we get older, sometimes we want to let our ego lead us into rooms where we're the top dog versus being almost like that younger sibling trying to play with kids four, five, six years older. It's good to go into the room where you're not the smartest, you're not the most accomplished because that's how you learn and that's how you grow and that's how you get better. And so I wanted to echo that for the, for the listeners because you hearing that, man, I was like, oh, that's why. That's how we raise our game. But the second thing you talked about is if shifting that focus of really a rising tide raises all ships, which is a mentality I love. It's the abundance mindset that you and I can both win. Me winning doesn't hurt you. You winning doesn't hurt me. It really just pushes each of us to raise our game. When did you start to make that shift? Because for a lot of us as competitive athletes, we're looking at the person trying to take our job or take our starting spot or we're competing against. And sometimes as adults, we do the same thing. We're worried about the person in the cubicle next to us that we take our eyes off of how am I dominating my work and my position?
1: Oh man, I love that. So those that don't know some of my story, I spent 13 years in, in corporate America at one of the largest banks in the country. And it was all about the next promotion, all about, the next territory, or can I have this branch, or can I do that? It was how you would move up in the organization. That's how you were, in a way, taught to play the game. The game was you get promoted, you get paid more salary, you get more territory, more responsibility. That's what winning looked like. And I started to define winning on this really um, not great for anybody. It wasn't great for me, and it wasn't great for people around me, because it did mean for me to win, other people had to lose. And so about four years ago, when I made the shift over to where I am at Lone Depot, I had some coaches and mentors in my life. And that's where I started to realize I've been playing this all wrong. This is why I'm frustrated. This is why I'm not having the success to the level I would have it. And then I would hit a plateau and level off. And so if you're listening and you're like, man, that's me, I went through that. And, and it was a dark, dark tunnel because you realize you're in it for yourself. And guess what? People around you realize that too. And they're like, Help that guy, they're not they're not in it for the team. We've all been around those people, and as good as I was at trying to help other people, I wasn't great. So four years ago, I made the decision that you know what I'm gonna do, I'm going to lift up everybody on our team and mentor coach them so that they get promoted, they have a career path, and however that looks for them, as they get better, as they build bigger teams. Guess what? My leadership needs to expand, and I got focused on my capacity to lead people better, which required me to put more work in because it's an inside job. I needed to be the leader that in five years from now, I could still very effectively lead the same group because I grew with them and I took them with me, right? And we did it together as a collaborative effort. So yeah, I wish I could tell you that I I did it for so long. It was just natural. No, it wasn't natural. I, I believe I did it the wrong way for a long time. And I wish people had come along and actually pointed out some of that. But it took that awakening. And let me just tell you, since I made that change, it is lights out the difference. And the people that I'm around, I love being around. We have low retention. People don't leave our team because we've figured out how we can compete as a team. And it's not an individual sport anymore.
0: Yeah. And, and that is so incredibly important in, in the right cultures, which I know you talk to other organizations. You speak at events about building teams, building cultures. And that key piece is so important. How do you get everybody on the same page working together toward the same goal versus all of us selfishly looking at our own agenda? Something that that always strikes me about you, and and I've had the chance to listen to a handful of your interviews and obviously follow some of your content on social, is you seem to strike a really good balance from a gratitude and, and a gratitude for life and your family and opportunities with the drive to grow and growth mindset. And I think a lot of people sometimes confuse contentment and gratitude for complacency. And so in your own life, how do you try to manage the idea of being incredibly grateful for what you have, who you have while still showing up every day and saying, how can I get a little bit better? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you, you pick up on that because there is some tension in my life that I think is healthy that I've learned how to be grateful for what I have and what I believe, like, like God's given me an opportunity and some gifts and talents that I'm deploying out as best as I know how today and I look around, and I go, wow, like, look at everything that's here. And that also then sparks this fire and this inspiration of, but what else could I be doing? And I'm always thinking what's next, not in the sense of, okay, I don't have enough. No, no, I know I have enough of if I were to die tomorrow, like, I feel like I have contributed and will leave a great legacy. But I also believe I've been given gifts and talents to make the world a better place. There's people in my life, my family, our team, people that I encounter And I like the tension because it's a to almost the competition. Why would I not want to get in the game and see what else I can do? And what I have found, the more you meet highly successful people, you mentioned this earlier, you know, Jacob, surround yourself with these people that you're not the top dog in the room. As I've gotten around them, there was that same kind of aura about them of they're very grateful for what they have, and what they've accomplished, but there is just a hunger and drive that is unmistakable and I've tried to strike that dichotomy of how do those live together? And there are times that they're going to be a little bit out of, out of balance for you. And, and that's when you need to get recentered. And I found when I'm too much chasing the next thing, I need to slow down and be grateful and slow down in that moment and be grateful for what I do have and then refocus back on. Uh, one of my other strengths in my top is futuristic. So I do struggle with that of like, I am always thinking five, 10 years down the road. And, and that for me is just something I think once you're aware of it and your EQ goes up, you're very aware when you start to move out of what I call that center. And you just need to be aware of it. And what is that programming of what's your response? And mine is get back quickly to being grateful for what I have. And If I'm in a complacent spot of like, oh, I'm so happy, I'm grateful, I'm kind of letting off the gas. That's the time I'm picking up a new project and I'm accelerating into something. So how do you, along those lines, how do you, I guess, reset how do you,
0: once you start to catch it, do you have a, a practice? Do you have some things that you do to, to really kind of pull that focus back, that gratitude amplify it before you go again?
1: Yeah. So I know some people like they love to journal and do all that stuff. Like I've tried journaling. It hasn't stuck with me. I'll be real. Like it, you know, it's sometimes it works. I like to write. Um, the thing that's really worked well for me, it came up last year. I had torn my bicep tendon um, and my arm competing and working out and stuff and I started to walk a lot. And I will tell you, walking slowed down my just my heart rate, my energy. You're in nature. You're outside. Uh, majority of those I'd actually take with my wife. And so we would go on walks together, which gives you a chance to talk. We walk the dog. Walking for me is a great spot because it allows, for whatever reason, I get very creative. I start to think. I start to dream. But i also in a place of, wow, look, look at our life. Like, like this, this is something to be appreciative of where we are. And of course, I love my prayer and what I call kind of meditation time. If I feel like I am getting out of whack, I will shut off the electronics and just sit down. I like certain music. Uh, I'm a huge Hillsong fan. So there's certain music that I think can cue emotion um, if that works for you. And look, the other one for me is really interesting is there's times I'll just go on a workout that I need to increase my energy to be out. But I have found getting outside and doing those, that's where it's at, you know, um, there are times if I get too far out of whack, I have made a list of like, w- when I just feel like it's not in alignment, just make a list for all the things that you've accomplished and that you're grateful for.
0: Yeah. And that the writing even down that list of the things you've accomplished also help in those moments where you've got the imposter syndrome, you feel there's no confidence. It's, sometimes it's helpful that we we try to remember so much in our head. And just like with gratitude, it's writing it down. It's that practice of bringing our awareness to it and awareness in the moment that's so, so key. One of the things that that takes a sense of gratitude and patience and being in the moments writing a book. And I know that you've done that. I know it's your book came out a year ago. It's circling back in terms of you're on these, all these circuits, you're speaking at events now on team building and all sorts of things. Talk to me a little bit about the, the conversations book and really what inspired you to pull the trigger? Because I hear everybody's like, Oh man, I want to write a book or I've got this idea for a book, but very few people, Put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard and so for you what was the inspiration to bring it to life
1: um, and really go with it oh so it's tied into the podcast and that was something that i said i would do you know i started right before all of the kind of lockdown and everything happened kind of march um, a couple of years ago and i wanted to do a podcast for the sheer just thing of i know some really great people in my life that i thought it would be great if i could share their lessons and wisdom with other people. And I'd rather do that than a solo podcast. Well, we start that. And then I was like, well, okay, we're still six months later. We're still kind of in lockdown. I had a friend of mine that like, you know what? You should write a book. And I was like, yeah, but what, what am I going to write on? And I remember one day, and this was just the creative side kicked in. I was like, well, what if I took the 10 or 11 podcast episodes with guests that people connected with the most that I felt had the most value and not everybody listens to a podcast, What if we wrote them in, like, actual written format? And so that was the genesis of the idea was, what if we took all of these, put it into a book, and we were able to give it to people as a deliverable? One, it would help me because I said I would write a book. Two, people might actually read this, and they could read one chapter, three chapters, ten chapters, whatever it was, and it could be a gift to people. And the third was, I looked at this as something that I could leave with kind of like my legacy, Of I was able to bring all these people together in that season of life and all we were going through, and it could inspire and impact people's lives, and they would connect up and see their story isn't that different from the people that are in the book that are very successful, but they have faced significant setbacks in their life. Significant. When you read it, you're going to connect with them, and you're going to actually then get not just inspiration, but they gave you, here are the step-by-step guides that helped me get out of this place to where I am, and it was it was incredible. As it unfolded, it was just a joy to write. I still get to go back to it. And you're right. Like now it's recirculating because some of those folks have gotten even bigger. I mean, imagine that two years later almost. they, yeah. uh, Their careers have continued to grow. What a cool, we will forever have that moment and that experience of all of us coming together to make a difference.
0: Well, and, and not only that, the the idea of being able to relate because a lot of times we see people on social media, we see the book, we see the finished product. And it's really hard where we are at this stage of life, wherever that is, to connect those dots of seeing the path. And so we, we put people on these pedestals. And yeah, they've had great accomplishments. But what we fail to take into consideration is that iceberg, that piece of the ice below mm-hmm. the water that nobody sees. And so that's what I appreciated about a lot of your conversations is, is it was looking under the water, helping people say, hey, listen, you may be on day zero, I may be on day 1,000. But I had a day zero. I had a day one. I had I had to go through this. And this is kind of the step process I did to give them that hope. And so it's not like this, believe it and it's ultimately going to happen. It's like, here's what I taught myself to do. Here's what I went through. Here's how I got there. Here's how I just kept the right attitude and, and kept working through it. And it's so incredibly important, especially you know, as you were having those conversations in the midst of you know, March, 2020 and two weeks to flatten the curve that two years later, we're, you know, we're kind of still in some of it, depending on where you are. And so that, that's incredibly helpful. And why I wanted to to talk about it briefly and and really encourage our listeners to go check it out, but kind of tying everything up today in in this idea of integration and figuring out what worked specifically for you, did you, was it just kind of a, a giant science experiment to say, okay, Every day, starting my mornings working out. Here's how I'm going to dedicate time to family. Here's where, is it my wife that tells me if things are getting out of whack? Do I have a checks and balances system myself? What's something you put into practice to help integrate your life more effectively, especially in this VP role with Lone Depot, like that has a lot of responsibilities and speaking and all of this to make sure that it integrates in your priority level, I would imagine as well with family and fitness and work too. What's something you've done to make sure you integrate that the most effectively you can?
1: Mm, I love that. So here's the way I'll frame it up is to go from good to great, you're going to need to go from recognizing patterns in your own life of when things trigger you, when you're in your flow, when you're in a rhythm. And you're going to need, if you're going to be great, you're going to need to create patterns. And so I'll walk you through what that looks like. And like, actually, like my life of how I've shifted from what I believe I got to a point where I started to recognize patterns and patterns could be if I don't work out in the morning, I typically don't get the workout done. Let's be honest. Like as my day goes on, I'm busy. I have, as you've mentioned, large team to lead, a lot of responsibilities. My kids come home after school. I'm probably not going to get that done. Okay. That's a pattern. I'm recognizing it. How do you shift from a recognition to a creation? Okay. So I'm going to sign up for classes at 5:15 AM and 6 AM. And I'm going to create a life around that to say, I know I'm healthier and better. I'm a better dad, a better husband, a better leader, a better Brian when I do this. So I created that as a habit and a routine, which now it's just normal for me, right? Like when I don't do it, it feels more awkward than, than going and doing it. And you have to work through those rhythms that are there. The other that I kind of shared was like, if you can recognize a pattern in your day of, hey, I'm not as willing to do certain things in my day. Sales calls, great example. I was talking to one of our leaders today they don't tend in the afternoon to feel like they can make as many sales calls. They don't have the energy. They're bogged down and stuff. They're there. I said, okay, so you've recognized a pattern. You believe you're better and you've recognized you're better in the mornings. So what if we carved out in your days, a little bit of time, 20, 30 minutes in the morning, when you have high energy, you've recognized you'll do it. You're more likely to do it. What if we programmed in your sales calls that you know you need to have two or three calls. We're not trying to conquer the world in a day. So we're gonna program that in. That's creating a pattern now. So guess what happens? A month, two months, a year goes by and you've done all of those actions you said you would. You've now created a life that's worth living. And I tell people, this is where it starts for many of us is you've recognized patterns, now you create them. The other part that really will bring it all together is, I got clear on my priorities, right? So my health is important. I go through every Sunday night. This is a big one if you wanna do with my wife, and we look at our schedules. We have three kids. They go all over the place. They're all in different schools. It's crazy. Like, to keep up with just their schedule is a full-time job for my wife, right? Well, we sit down on Sunday nights. We map it out. Who's taking who to where? Who's carpooling? Because we leverage our our friends and family. And then what are the times that we need to be together? And I'm going through, hey, I might be traveling here. I might be going there. When we started to do that, it created a much better environment because it reduces the tension. For those of you that are married and you're traveling or you've got all these obligations, if you're not communicating with your your spouse or people on your team, for that matter, they don't know what's happening, you're going to have stress and frustration. So we created that based out of our priorities, right? And so I would share that with anybody is those will help and guide you. And the last piece I would tie it all together is you do not need to adopt 100% of what anyone says on social media. As far as their routine and what they do and what works for them, I have created my own. If you watched and you hung out with me for a week, you'd go, wow, you do that really different. You do that. You mentioned you walk at your daughter's soccer practice or you do this or you do that. I said, I've created a world to where I recognize if I'm out of alignment, I need to go do this. If I recognize I need to go do that and I haven't done it, I do it. And you've got to create that world that you'll have more success and give yourself a little bit of grace because not every day is going to go perfect. And so that would be my tips. And, and I'm living it and I'm finding new rhythms every day how to create the best life for me and my family.
0: Dude, I I love that. And I love the idea that it's, you're still looking for opportunities. How do I improve? How do I keep going? Which ties into your whole just mentality of growth and growth mindset and, and focusing on every day, how we continue not only to be grateful for what we have, but maximize it by growing. Brian, man, this has been a lot of fun. Where can listeners get connected with you? Pick up a copy of your book and the best place to follow you on social.
1: All the cool stuff. So we have updated our website, www.bryancovey.com. And then I'm over on the IG. It's The Brian Covey, since someone already had Brian Covey. Spent a lot of time there. DM me, let me know this has made an impact. And I'll leave you this one kind of practice that we've adopted in our family. My two boys are 6 and 13. And I mentioned fitness. For those of you, health is always important. I see that at the top. We built out a gym, spent a little bit of money. And now both of my boys and I, and even my daughter, who's about to be 15, we now work out here and it gives me not only that workout time, but I get time with my family so I can be dad and I can also get things done. So if you're looking for little hacks like that, I share a lot of them, join the journey and, um, and you'll learn real life.
0: Dude, dude. And not only that, I'm going to echo for parents listening. Uh, there was a study about five years ago that said girls, uh, no, kids are 2.8 times more likely to work out if mom does. times more likely to work out and not be obese if dad works out and like 6x if they see both parents work out. And so seeing even when they're kind of too young to work out, if they see you doing it, we know what kids do. They want to emulate. They want to be like mom and dad. They're going to mimic you. And so I love how you talked about creating that, that ritual and opportunity to not only reinforce the priority, but spend time with the family, which is another one of your priorities as well. And so tying those two together, uh, what an awesome way to start the day. Brian, man, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. It's been an honor. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Every Day podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.